on today's episode. Josh and I are here and we are talking about James Harden's struggles. And we're going to talk about the pun intended red hot Miami Heat, as well as a couple surprising teams. It's a little early here, week two, as we're recording this, uh, but there's been some fun surprising teams so far. And of course, everyone's favorite trivia next. Welcome back to the Two Pointers Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Trevor. And today we're back with the Two Pointers Podcast. We apologize that the podcast is a day late, but, you know, it always gives us a good little bit of extra time to really dig into what's happening in the NBA season. Um, And Trevor and I have a few interesting things we want to talk about from what we've gleaned uh, to start the year. not many things can be reacted to thus far, so maybe what we're doing is a bit more of like our overreactions last week. Uh, but we're going to delve into what's going on in the NBA. But how are you, Trevor? Uh, I am good. And funny enough, I was looking forward to something noteworthy happening uh, late Monday, any day Tuesday, because as we're recording this on Wednesday the 3rd, last year I feel like we had this awful string of luck where it was like, okay, we record Monday, James Harden gets traded on Tuesday night. <laughs> That was like the prime example. He literally got traded on Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, the most yeah. Rockets thing ever. I'm, I'm happy, man. Wednesday, we're uh, we're still first in the Fantasy Football League of Podcasters. Shout out to Evan and Dan. They're second behind us with the same record. Uh, they went they on a five-game streak. <laughs> yeah. They are coming back fast. So uh, shout out to them. Uh, shout out to us for being first by like the slimmest of margins by like less than, I think it's 25 points for it's something crazy. But uh Basketball podcast, by the way, in it for the win. Let's uh, let's not talk about fantasy football because that's not what we are. Let's talk about James Harden's uh, massive, massive struggles so far. Uh, opening up here this episode, what are your immediate just first thoughts? I mean, your team's played uh, the Nets. I don't really know what that game looked like in terms of the Harden stat line. I know we can look at the box in just a moment here, but. Uh, just Harden is definitely the poster boy for this weird rule change. Yeah. Um, thinking of that Hornets Nets game, I remember when I was watching it, James Harden felt non existent in the game. Like I didn't really notice him that much, which is a big problem if you're James Harden or if you're the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, when your star, your second star player who's supposed to be, uh, I mean, a former MVP in the NBA is kind of not making an impact on the court. That's a big issue. He's one of the great scorers um, in the NBA today. He finished the Charlotte game with 15 points, Uh, which for a role player might be a good night. For James Harden, it's a pedestrian to subpar night, I'd even say. But frankly, like you said, it's, it's coming back to the rule change, right? The rule change that was kind of made where uh, James Harden, Trey Young, and Stephen Curry were kind of called out for because they were the ones who thrived off of getting the free throw line, but no one has thrived off getting the free throw line like Harden in his career. Uh, last season, James Harden was averaging about seven and a half free throw attempts per game. Uh, when he was at his scoring height in his MVP season, he averaged nearly 12 free throw attempts per game in Houston um, when he really had the ball under control. 
So far this season, he's averaging five free throw attempts uh, per game. He's really only getting to the line like a couple times, which for James Harden is a serious issue. I wanted to run through, I know I'm talking a lot here, but run through the box scores of what his free throw attempts looked like um, in the first seven games the Nets have played. Against Milwaukee, four for four from the free throw line. Loss for Brooklyn. Against Philadelphia, three for four. Win for Brooklyn by five points. Against Charlotte, one for one from the free throw line. Lost to Charlotte by 16. Against Washington, three for three from the free throw line. Victory over Washington by 14. Against Miami and a loss by uh, 13, three for three. In a seven-point win over Indiana, 16 for 19. And uh, in a win over Detroit, two for three. So beyond one anomaly, which was the only game where James Harden scored more than 20 points against Indiana, he scored 29. Um, Every other game, he scored 20 or less so far this season, which seems like a big number for – which it is for a lot of guys. For James Harden, it's kind of low because no one expects – no one came into the season saying, man, James Harden's going to do great. He's going to average 18 points per game. Like that wasn't – that's not the standard you put James Harden at. No, he's um, a second-best player on a championship team. Championship yeah, favorite. you're not like expecting you. – like, and if it wasn't for that 29-point effort, um, I mean, like I actually don't – when I look at it, yeah, he's averaging somewhere in, around 19. It was 18.6 per game so far um, in the early season. To his credit, he's averaging 8.6 assists, which is in the top five. Um, He's doing well passing the ball, but he's not scoring, and Kyrie isn't there, and I think that's creating a problem for Brooklyn because, one, we all know that James Harden's not a superior defender. I don't think he's as bad as, like, he got the reputation for several years ago, but if he's not contributing on the defensive end and he's not scoring a lot, what is he he doing for Brooklyn? Um, He's holding them back. No, so realistically, I knew the free throw stat was the kind of alarming one that we would both at least have written down or bring to the table. Um, A couple of just behind the scenes on that free throw number, which is 5.3 attempts. uh, It's his lowest since his sophomore season, which was in Oklahoma City, where he was, we can say six man. He became a six man really the next Mm -hmm. year when he averaged 18. Uh, It's also the lowest since he's played more than 30 minutes a game in his NBA season. Which was it's also before the a very a kind of stylistic shift in the way basketball is played in the NBA. Correct. Um, I think it's important to note, though, the free throw number isn't. Granted, that's the effectiveness of the rule, and I'll touch on that in a moment. But it's the fact that he's on only shooting fourteen field goal attempts a game. That's like for James Harden. I'm going to just like glaringly look at a couple of things here. Um, that's the lowest since. Again, third season in Oklahoma City. So your second best championship contender, I don't care about the free throw rule. If he's that good of a star, he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure out ways to get he, – he's clearly waiting for contact to happen. That's not there. The problem is he's still only taking 14 shots a game. But you're going to average 18 when you only put up 14 shots a game when you're used to shooting. You know, Even recently on these Brooklyn teams, he shot anywhere north of 17. He shot 17, 17, and – partly half the year with the uh, Houston there, he shot 16 and a half. So he's clearly something's off in terms of the aggressiveness. I think obviously that does have something to do with the rule. I'm just more so concerned about the fact that he, 
there's something there that's not happening. And I think mentally, I think the rule is affecting him more than anybody else. When I bring the poster boy up thing that he graciously coined himself on, uh, and so did his coach, Steve Nash. I think it's important to note, though, Kyrie might not play the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So this 8.6 assists per game number, if James is not going to score 18 points a game, he's going to have to average 10-plus assists. People around him are going to have to score the ball efficiently. And just, yeah. they're just not getting that across the board. But yeah, they're really not. I mean, if you look at um, Joe Harris has had a very subpar start to the season for Brooklyn. He's not hitting his shots out there. Um, Blake Griffin has kind of been in and out with some injury struggles. He hasn't really been there. And truthfully, after those guys, you've got LaMarcus Aldridge, who has played well considering his early retirement return last season. But when you're looking for your third option score, which right now their third option is LaMarcus Aldridge, averaging 12 points per game. It's really is, just not where they want to be. This isn't 2013 anymore. Um, so I think it's important to note this, that obviously this is one of the more affected struggles, but across the board, his is definitely rule affected. And I'll tell you why, because there's a couple guys on this list of names I'm about to read that I think is glaring. He's obviously something we can spend, you know, five, 10, 20 minutes on talking about how he's the reason the Nets are struggling. Katie's been fine. Here's a couple of the key. These are the top handful of scores from last year and where they, where they are now comparatively. Steph obviously averaged a crazy 32. His is down to 28. I think that's partly because this team's better. There's certain guys that you're leaving out. Yeah. I think also 32 is an anomaly. That's outrageous. Oh, yeah. And that's normal regression. Yeah, this is just the – these aren't for any particular reason. These are just the top guys from last year. Um, Bradley Beal. Uh, 31 down to 24. I think some of that's because of his team around him. Uh, 31 is a little bit of an anomaly as well. Uh, Damian Lillard is a very glaring one, 28 to 18. Um, I would like to say that that's his team around him better, but with them being right now at ninth in the Western Conference, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I think – so I did watch one Portland game because they played the Hornets. Shocker. Um, They were actually on the East Coast. And the announcers mentioned that Lillard had missed something like – it was something almost at like 25 threes in a row. Uh, he was shooting just terribly. He, he couldn't buy a basket from beyond the arc. Last time I saw that stat, he has the lowest uh, three-point percentage in NBA history through the first 25 to 50 shot attempts in a season. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. I think he'll write the ship. Otherwise, that Portland team is missing the play and all together. I yes. mean, at this rate, I don't know what to say. They're looking um, for a high lottery pick and looking for somebody to trade for Damian Lillard at that point. Uh, Joel Embiid, 28.5 down to 21. He's only missed two games, so you could say that's two games missed. 21 is not a lot. They're missing Ben Simmons, so Joel is supposed to be the anchor there for average 28 last year. Um, Luca is down from 27 to 24, which that surprises me as bad as they are. Uh, we can talk about them in a few weeks when we hit the panic button probably. <laughs> it's the Dallas Mavericks when we hit the panic button at least once. Uh, Zach Levine is 27 to 25. He's an example of obviously a better team. Uh, red hot bulls there the Jokic weirdly down two points per game but his team's also like the number one defensive rating team and number one points uh, allowed so like he's probably just being more efficient defensively I haven't looked at him in detail uh, analytically this year but uh, Devin Booker down from 25 to 21 Trey Young down from 25 to 22 and this is the other one who has a similar style of play to Harden that I think kind of stuck out to me as well as it's the largest dip the Aaron Fox averaged 25 points per game last year 
he's down to 17.7 without Marvin Bagley there. That's That's bad. That's really bad. (laughs) So you can blame a couple of the other guys on like, oh, their team's better around them, or oh, they're having to do more or less. Deer and Fox, James Harden comparison. I'm not saying they're the same level of player. I'm saying that they're a fast, efficient, try to be pass first right now in the way they play. Uh, but Harden obviously is too efficient and too good of a scorer. Darren Fox is too dynamic of a playmaker to be averaging 17 a game. Harden's averaging 18. They're both in that in that weird eight kind of point range of a dip. And it's just eye-opening to see that this NBA – this year because of guys like that and what's happened to it. I mentioned last week, the fewest free throw attempts per game ever. We're still on pace for that a week later. Uh, lowest field goal percentage is 2003 across the league. This is total NBA total here. Uh, lowest three point percentage is 2001. And then the lowest offensive rating is 2014. So pretty glaring numbers there for a rule change that at first people were like, eh, it'll affect the poster boys, Trey Young, James Harden, Steph Curry, and those others that I may not be thinking of, but this is a glaring thing that I think is going to slowly make the NBA. People wanted the nineties back. And at this rate, I'm, I'm not going to be shocked if we're going to get like a 98 point per game average as a league at the rate we're going. So <laughs> hey, you get that many points per game average, but hey, people wanted the nineties back. The bulls are good again. And we're averaging 98 points a game. So <laughs> I guess the bad boy they got. next. <laughs> yeah. Right. Kate, Kate made that clear. Kate over the weekend, correct? Like it was his first. He returned over the weekend. Uh, nothing uh, to write home about right now, but we'll see. I think he's anything only played else? one game, so I'm not going to pass any judgment on Kate Cunningham yet. Anything else on the rule change or Harden struggles, the Nets? Anything that just kind of was glaring to you? Um, like no, I think it's just kind of. I was a little stunned that um, one. I didn't know if it was gonna if this rule change was gonna up affect any one player drastically, especially the guys that we viewed as incredibly skilled scorers like Harden, Curry, and Young. I think it was more shocking that how much it disproportionately affected Harden and not Curry and Young, which I think is very interesting. Um, I think part of that comes that while the three of them were very effective at reaching the uh, free throw line, uh, Curry and Young are not as reliant on that to score. Um, And I think that's kind of showing. Doing the research for the spot, their numbers for free throw attempts were down as well, but it was not as drastic. Um, one thing to note that I want to kind of keep an eye on behind the scenes or homework for somebody listening, uh, James Harden currently, as of recording this, has a negative 0.9 plus minus. So how much worse or better can that get, let's say, in seven days and let's say in 14 days? I'm just curious. I think it's a weird number. It's it's just south of zero it's negative so the fact that james harden is giving you negative production in terms of box plus minus that's not good josh let's just let's just break this down it's not good your second best player on our championship team currently is giving you in terms of a breakdown of his statistical overall how it works how you look at him how you view him (laughs) it's less than nothing that's bad so yes he's going to get better it's james harden how much better I think is that number is going to be the glaring number is his plus minus. On the bright side so far, the NBA is very interesting and it seems I love it. very much like an open race right now that anybody can so win. Glad it's back. So glad it's back. That wide open. Like it's wide well, I'm open. Sure we'll, I'm sure and, we'll uh, the Utah Jazz look great again. So it won't be, I'm not going to talk about it this week, <laughs> but I'm just warning everyone that if the Jazz keep up at the rate they're at, 
it's not going to be long before I start touting the praise well, of Utah Jazz again. Totally fine because if the listeners they look like one a, of the best teams in the NBA. I'm going to stop now, but they do. They look like the oh best. yeah. Here's a perfect transition, Josh. Uh, for those listeners or fans that might not have been here last season, um, insert week two of last year where we were like the red hot Utah Jazz is who we're talking about. Um, we are not doing that, and then we are going to talk about the red hot Miami Heat. That is completely and entirely pun intended. So I'm just going to just go into a couple of things about the heat here and we can kind of just break this down for what it is. Cause there's a lot to talk about with this heat team. Obviously they were one of the biggest, you know, biggest playmakers in the off season in terms of free agency. Um, they are six and one. And as of recording this on Wednesday, the third, uh, they have wins over and I'm going to, uh, this is the five, five of their six wins. Uh, I think Detroit was their other one. Uh, wins over the Bucks, the Nets, the Hornets, the Grizzlies, and the Mavericks. All really quality teams. Obviously, the Nets, we just dragged through the mud. Let's be real. It's still James Harden and Kevin Durant. Um, it's still a big win for a, a Heat team that I think we'll break down on why they did. Um, but you and I, obviously, as people who had them high in the Eastern Conference, I believe we both had them in the final three um, or four. I think you might have had them at four and I had them at three. But nonetheless, top four, we were like, this team's going to be defensively a nightmare and that's exactly what they are josh i mean i took oh a really word. deep dive with every person yeah that is um, impactful on this team and it's it's eye-opening so like you mentioned the defense the miami heat are currently second in the nba in points allowed per game and 98.9 one of only two teams that are actually below the century mark for points allowed per game with the denver nuggets who are at 98.1 i think the nuggets are probably doing better because they do a little bit more of a slow style of basketball. I mean, you have a point center uh, out in Denver, so that's only results in a slower game. But, yeah, the Heat look terrifying. And I think it was one of those things I didn't want to bump them up too quickly when I was predicting things at the beginning of the year. Um, But I can tell you, I mean, one thing I really underrated was some of their free agent moves. I definitely underrated. Uh, everyone paid attention to the Lowry signing. What was a bigger deal were the P.J. Tucker and Markeith Morris signings. Miami is just a bunch of dogs on defense. They're going to beat you up. You're going to get bumped around, and it's going to be harder than anything you ever imagined to try to score. And they're amazing at it. And all of that is then anchored by the fact that I haven't talked about Bam Adebayo um, down low, who may be the only – preseason prediction I get right that he's going to win defensive player of the year <laughs> so jumping off the page for Bam is not the fact that statistically he's been one of the best if not the best defender he's only averaging 0.7 blocks and 0.8 steals a game here's yeah, the number don't that always reflect everything oh 100 here's the number though that the people who have a vote will know mm-hmm. um through seven, I think they've played now, yeah, six and one, like I said, seven games. Uh, he is holding opponents who are guarded by him to 28% from the field. 28%. That's a number where you're like, ooh, that's kind of low for a three-pointer. That's from the field. He is like, no, listen. It's mostly I'm, on layups. Attempts. It's not just him, by the way. Let me just – let me – let's read the four things it's that they're number on one in right like now. It's like six feet from the basket, which is outrageous. Four stats that they're number one in right now. They are 39.3 in opponent's points in the paint. Clearly that's Bam Adebayo affected, but that's also switches like when Markeith Morris and P.J. Tucker are rotating. The thing with the Markeith Morris and and P.J. Tucker thing, really quick caveat, is those guys are built, especially at their – I'm not – Markeith's not that old. I 
guess he's kind of in that. He's probably in that. He's 30 now. I'd say he's probably in that weird 30 to 31 range. But P.J. Tucker at being 20, 37 years old is a guy you're going to want to not play that much now, and he's going to be really effective like he was for the Bucks. So I think those two, their potential in the playoffs defensively is completely untapped, and I think it's going to mm-hmm. get better. Uh, however, 42.2 uh, defensive rebounds per game, which is a 79% defensive rebound percentage. So every time the ball bounces off the glass when the Heat are on defense, they get the ball 80% of the time. That, yeah. is, that is crazy. Um, 95.1 defensive rating, again, number one in the league. And here's the one that I brought up last week that I think is really interesting. Net rating historically for NBA champions over the last 25 years, their net rating has been north of 11. Every team. Um, or north of 10. NBA, the highest net rating in NBA history was the 95-96 uh, Chicago Bulls. I got that wrong on the year. Uh, I said 97-98. I don't know where I got the year mixed up. But uh, they had 13.4, Josh. So far, the Miami Heat are a 16.7 net rating. Yep. They are on pace to break the NBA record by three points. <laughs> So, anomaly yeah. so far through seven games. Let's just be honest up front here. The scoring, like on there, the fact that they're averaging a 115.6 points per game, which is, I think, second yep. in the NBA That's to correct. the leading Charlotte Hornets. Um, I didn't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> yes, that's the correct. The Hornets are averaging 117 a game. Um I'm going to pull up the box score from that Hornets game. I'm curious what they held them to. Yeah, the Hornets may be averaging 117 a game. They're giving up 115 a game. So. Uh, Oof, tough. <laughs> tough. It's tough. Um, the scoring, I think, is an anomaly because guys like their starring Jimmy Butler, um, then your Kyle Lowry and your Bam Adebayos, they are talented scorers, but not always consistent or efficient scorers. And so I'm thinking maybe that'll slow down. But part of what might be scary still is they haven't really been able to get Duncan Robinson in a groove yet in Miami. So that's something that's still coming. Duncan Robinson, the best three-point shooter in the NBA today. Best spot-up, we'll say. Spot-up three-point spot shooter up. in the for NBA. Spot up for sure. Clay Thompson's not back yet. So best spot-up three-point shooter in the NBA today, and Duncan Robinson has not gotten in a groove yet. And that's going to be terrifying when that happens. Um Tyler Hero has looked amazing off the bench. He's honestly very much overperforming right now, unless he's taking a massive leap and is in that most improved player conversation. I don't think he is. I think he's overperforming. He's in the sixth man of the year conversation for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as he keeps coming off the bench. But I feel like he's in an overperformance area, which has helped them to this amazing start. Um, I think he well, he scored 30-some points against Milwaukee in like their first game, which is just really an anomaly. Well, funny enough, he uh, he had 26 off the bench against your Hornets, who, like you said, was the 116 points per game Hornets. They held him to 99. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just under 100. I do have an interesting note about Tyler Hero that I think is is glaring and why I think he Love that might, word, not, might not be overperforming. Might not. Um, yes, he's averaging 22 points per game off the bench. That's not what I'm getting at. Um, <laughs> my, my point is, is he is leading the league with 157 points off the bench. The next closest player is 40 behind him. So I think he's just going to continue to put it on in buckets, whether it's efficient or not. That 47% from the field, 40% from three and 85% from the free throw line. Yes, that's going to come down. Totally, totally, totally willing to admit that. However, though, 
they're going to need him to score in drives, especially with Duncan struggling. So he is kind of my, my key point for why I'm a little hesitant on the heat up front. It's their depth. Their depth does scare me a little bit. However, if you have Marquise Morris and PJ Tucker, like you already mentioned in a playoff series in the Eastern conference finals, you really only need seven guys. Let's be honest. The most efficient rotations last year were seven and eight guys, right? The the Nets play like eight guys at best. The Bucks at one point only played Pat Connaughton, and Bobby Portis off the bench. And that was it. Um, and they won the title. So you really do get a shorten of a rotation by them. My point being though, is you've got to get there with an efficient bench. They're missing Victor Oladipo. They're obviously not getting a lot of Duncan Robinson. The, the, the loss of Kendrick Nunn, I'm not saying is, is eye-opening, but it's you can tell that something's there that they're not getting off the bench. Tyler Hero is obviously giving them efficiency. So I just hope that these rotations are continuing to not get overplayed. Obviously with Jimmy Butler averaging, you know, we haven't even, we've talked about the heat for 15 minutes. Haven't mentioned Jimmy Butler, who's right now, I think probably top five in MVP candidacy, uh, 25 points per game and multiple career highs across the board. I just hope they don't get overworked like he did in the finals a couple years ago against the Lakers where that man's just like leaning over the scores table like halfway through the third, you know, in game five. I mean, he's, he is like ready to fall out. And I hope that's not to that point uh, at the, by the end of the season, of course. Uh, Jimmy Butler, by the way, the same Jimmy Butler who's shooting at 62% true, true, true shooting percentage, um, the most efficient shooting percentage of his career through seven games, obviously. So they have been – Fun. I have enjoyed them. No offense to the Bulls. I've enjoyed them more than the Bulls just because of like how strong they play defensively. Yeah. I mean, it's, I hadn't even really thought of until recently that it's, it's absolutely terrifying that Victor Oladipo is still mm-hmm. to come for this Miami team. This Unknown, Miami team way. right now looks like they could win the title. They have all-star Victor Oladipo still yet to start for this season. The thing that scares me, even if Victor Oladipo is 70% of himself, like you're getting Victor Oladipo at 18 points a game, that's 70% yes. of himself probably, if I had to do quick math. The thing like, that... Yeah, no opposing team is going to get a break if Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo are coming off the bench. To Oh, he would 100% be that bitch. Like, yeah. where he would take Hero's, like total efficiency that he's got going on right now. And he would totally take that over unless Tyler here, obviously is just on otherworldly. Right. The thing about the old depot that's concerning though, is they, they don't have a timeline, at least publicly as of like, they don't need to right third now. preseason game. They don't even know a timeline. That's the thing. He had the surgery in May. So it's a little concerning, but if you get him back in like March, Sure. I mean, I'll take 15 points a game, Victor Oladipo, if I'm a title contender. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a buyout candidate that we thought next last year, or a free agent for a vet minimum, and the Miami he got him back. So it was just I crazy. Think to think that Miami. Yeah. So any hesitation on the fact that Jimmy Butler is playing like a leader and MVP candidate? I saw a little bit of hesitation. Obviously, this isn't that visual, but. I mean, he's been mm-hmm. this anchor that we all wanted Jimmy to be in Chicago after Derek kind of went down and. Yeah, he's doing I, it. <laughs> I can't say that I have hesitation because he kind of hit this stride late last season in the second half. Uh, he was doing this. Um, he had a sl- very slow start last year, and he started to hit this stride late last season. I think I very much think Jimmy Butler can be the best player on a championship team. I think Miami can do it, and there's just 
It's just for if Jimmy has a bad night, there are so many other places the Miami Heat can turn. Like it's not concerning if Jimmy Butler has a bad night because Kyle Lowry is a former all-star. Bam Adebayo is an all-star. We've got Tyler Hero who's shooting out of his mind and he gets streaky. You've got Duncan Robinson who's the best spot-up shooter from three. You've got in a playoff situation, Victor Oladipo coming off the bench. There's nothing really to worry about on this Miami roster. Other so, than there, the only things that really get concerned, like the way I can see someone beating them is, one, if a team shoots out of their mind, a team has to just hit all of their threes because Miami's going to force them outside and make them take threes. They're not going to let them in the paint. And either team hits all their threes or they have to hope that Miami can't score because that's what, kind of what Miami's overperforming on right now is that they're one of the best offenses in the NBA at the moment. I think the – most glaring thing long-term is going to be what is Kyle Lowry giving you in the second round or later of the playoffs. Obviously we know what he's capable of, but as he gets better, can he get back to that Raptors form where he's just this all-star, this defensive, you know, six foot monster. Like, can he be the Kyle Lowry that we need him to be? Probably, but it's to so far, he's had one good game. I think that I, that really stood out to me where he scored 22 and then nine assists. I'm fine with that, but I'm going to need that obviously through six games in the playoff series or more so, or four games or more in a playoff series. I just want to see it more officially. Obviously it's a chemistry thing. They just started playing together. I get it. Kyle Lowry's only going to get better. Can it continue to be consistent? Um, anything else on the fun, red hot, whatever <laughs> adjective or corny slogan you want to put on the Miami heat here? No, I mean, it's just I came into this segment with the thought of how good can the Miami Heat be or how good are these Miami Heat? I mean, I feel like from my perspective, the answer is clear. They can win the NBA title. They should be seen as a clear threat to that this season. Absolutely. As somebody who had them for both of us, had them in top four, I think they can at least make the Eastern Conference Finals again. But I feel like that would almost feel like a failure if they play like this all year. Yeah. So. We'll have to uh, keep a note on the Miami Heat. So let's send it over to now we're going to talk about, instead of overreactions, Trevor and I are going to bring up a few teams that have surprised us uh, that are either doing better or worse than we expected uh, this early in the season. Um, And I'll kick it off kind of switching over from the Miami Heat to their perennial first-round rival, the Milwaukee Bucks, who look bad for the Bucks. They're four and four. Um, team net rating is uh, plus 0.4 through eight games. Um, they were on a three-game lose- losing streak until they snapped that against the Pistons last night. Yeah, Giannis uh, hilariously had a press conference moment where he was like, finally, uh, <laughs> where they broke the streak. <laughs> um, here's why you won't get an overreaction out of me and why I do think this is part of a continuation of week one is the lineup of Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and Drew Holiday have played a total of eight minutes together. That's it. Eight minutes. And that's their best five as scared, right this moment, to be clear. Yeah. Obviously, that's pre-Dante DiVincenzo and pre-Pat Connaughton resurgence. Uh, and Bobby Portis hasn't played much as well. But those five is the five you're going to want winning big regular season games to get them back into the number one, number two, number three seed in the East. The closer that lineup 
gets back to fully healthy and the closer that lineup gets to full efficiency and they start losing more and more games is when I'll start getting more and more nervous. But yes, so far they've struggled. I won't like overzealous the fact that they've struggled, but they've struggled. No, nonetheless, I have no major like feedback for you because I, I this team's going to write the ship. We, we literally saw what Gian, Giannis won an NBA championship three and a half months ago. Josh, Josh, well, I know he did player in NBA I'm history. Not, three and a half I'm months not ago. doubting Giannis. I think he's played fine. It's everyone else. It's everyone else. Yeah. And that's, and you that's know what the Chris thing. Middleton's shooting from three. Chris right. Middleton also just got COVID yesterday. Fun fact. Uh, I did not know that this morning. But do you know, like, you know what he's shooting from three so far? Because he's averaging 20 points per game, which if you just glance at his box score, looks like he's doing fine. Oh, 20. Okay. 25%. Percent. Yeah. He's three part of that games. drastic three point drop as well. That's crazy. Awful. For yeah. the guy that is the best three point shooter on this team. Yeah. The other concerning part, Drew Holiday who was really a master passing the ball in the NBA Finals last year that helps the uh, Bucks overcome the Phoenix Suns, averaging only three assists per game thus far. He's only played two games, but through those two, it's kind of – but it's concerning uh, for the time that he's on the court that he's not finding the open man at all. It's the same question I ask you you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, it's like, which Drew Holiday am I getting tonight? <laughs> am I getting the four for 14 Drew Holiday like he did in the finals in game two or three, I believe it was? Or am I getting serious clinching Drew Holiday where he's going to put up 26 and you're like, all right, well, that'll do. That'll get us the title. Um, look, I'm not, like I said, I just don't want to overreact to the Bucks just yet. But it is. There are signs of. But it's like, not. A, it's not the overreact or hit the panic button. I'm just saying, it's for a team that we thought was going to really kind of, even a little weekend, kind of just roll over some people um, in the East. They've taken. I mean, they took losses to Minnesota and San Antonio last week. The San Antonio one hurts. The Minnesota one doesn't. Minnesota's been pretty good this year, and Cat probably held Giannis to some low. Scoring number, I wouldn't be shocked. I didn't actually. Cat is not score. a good defender. So yeah, this year defensively has been. This year he's been pretty good defensively, and that's part of the reason they've been more exciting. Nonetheless, I'm just the, the Timberwolves are fun. The Timberwolves are a better team than I think people anticipated. I anticipated yeah, they'd be good. That Spurs one kind of hurts. I don't know that this. There's something about the Bucks team that I just. I'm I'm ready to see. I'm ready to see that lineup in full swing. Because as crazy as it sounds, Grayson Allen getting eleven and a half million dollars a year is sounds daunting, but he needs to shoot better if he's going to make that money. There's a reason they paid him. He's going to get back to yeah. that form. So, yeah, no real major overreaction or major big problem for me here on the Bucks yet. But I can see where there's the signs of the times there for them, where it's like, okay, this depth of the roster is kind of hurting. I think it's really that. I think that's the biggest thing. It's the depth. You don't have a fully healthy Bobby Portis. You don't have a fully healthy Drew Holiday. You don't have a fully healthy Chris Middleton. You have Giannis and a bunch of cast of folks that are just trying to get things done around Giannis. I mean, they're playing Jordan Noir almost 25 minutes a night. That's nothing against Jordan Noir. He can shoot great. It's the fact that he's playing 25 minutes a night for a team that has those other five guys that we mentioned. So, um, I have a little bit more of a positive note for my team. Uh, we're going to go a little one, two, one. Two one here. Josh has a 
struggling team. It sounded like I have one <laughs> surprising team so far because I'll tell you why. I looked at the West and the West is, I mean, yeah, the Timberwolves are three and two, but three and two isn't enough for me to be like, oh, that's, they are, they've been just surprising. Not enough for me to have an entire blurb about them, but uh, the Washington Wizards, Josh, um, or as you coined, Bradley Beal and friends have looked fun. Quite, quite frankly, I don't have another word for them. Uh, they've been really efficient across the board, and they've also been size semi close to middle of the pack defensively. But they've won their games by scoring the six most points in the NBA. Like I mentioned earlier, Bradley Bill, who went from thirty-one points per game to twenty-four points per game, is a testament to this roster. It's also a testament to the fact that this team is young and fast and just wants to score at will, and that's exactly what they've done. Uh, getting production out of guys like Daniel Gafford, who's been like this blossom of a defensive player this year. I think he's going to, if he can stay healthy, he missed two games with a foot injury, um, but can sniff out second team all defensive this year with 2.2 blocks per game playing behind Montrose Harrell, Uh, Montrose Harrell as well, who's right now 10th in basketball references MVP tracker for what that's worth. The Lakers don't know how to use big men. Sorry. Oh, 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 because I was like, he's not on the like eight two. I know that's why he's doing well now. He's not playing for the Lakers. Um, well, funny. I mean, he's averaging 18 and 10. Yeah. They definitely weren't able to utilize him last year. That's not um, a shock to anyone. Uh, the shock, however, is the guy that Lakers fans wanted out the door the moment that he started struggling two years ago. Uh, Kyle Kuzma right now, Josh, for what is worth is 10th in the NBA in rebounds per game. Kyle Kuzma is a top 10. He's a top 10 NBA rebounds per game leader. Take that for what you want. (laughs) It's weird. I I know. I didn't have an anti-Kyle Kuzma bias. I was, if my memory serves me, when we talked about this Wizards-Lakers trade, I was like, this is great for Kyle Kuzma to get, like, out of L.A. Oh, it was great for everyone. It was great for Uh, everyone except Hasn't been great for the Lakers yet. Um, Yeah. I thought it was great for Kuzma. I thought it was a good step by the Wizards to develop young talent. I can't say they've all that much surprised me. They've been able to pull out some very close games here early. Uh, If those overtime games go a different way, they're three and four instead of five and two. And it's, we're not talking about them being um, this super surprising team. They've got a lot of young talent. I'm going to drag back to what I say every time I talk about the Wizards. I think they should trade Beal and trade Dinwiddie and <laughs> rebuild around the young guys. But I don't entirely disagree with you, but Beal made it very clear uh, two days ago that they he is he wants to win. He wants to be a Wizard, and he wants to win there. And through seven games, that's what they're doing. They're five and two. I mean, no matter how you cut it about this team and the supporting cast, they're also very, very young, right? So this team yeah. – Except for built. Yeah. He's, what, 29? I mean, they're not built 28. They're not built right now, though, for a 5-2 and two start. They're built, in terms of age, as, you know, six of the 15 of these guys should probably be in the G League right now. Not six of the guys I've mentioned, but six of the guys on this roster. There's a lot of young guys on this roster. I guess the thing that stuck out to me that I really was like, hmm, that's weird, is that they're really getting all this production of the supporting cast. I, I get the supporting cast is better, but Beal's averaging six and a half less points. 
regardless if it's a struggle, you're getting six points less out of a guy that you barely made the plan with last year. And right now, through seven games, you're in the top five in the East. So, yes, they're utilizing Harrell better. Yes, they're utilizing Cockfusion better. I haven't even mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie, who's averaging 18 and seven. So, this team is just all around a better, efficient offensive team. I just think defensively, there's obviously going to be too many shortcomings. That's going to be their issue. They'll probably ultimately, I, I get all this fun about the Wizards here in week two, and they're going to be in the play in, obviously. But yeah, I mean, I just think that, like I was mentioning with my comment about the overtime games, they've just, they've been good enough to pull out those close games so far. I think over a whole season, the reason I'm not as surprised, I think they're going to balance out to a 500 team uh, when some of those games go the other way and they'll be in that play in. Um, I definitely probably rated them a little low by putting them 11th in the Eastern conference, but do I think they're going to outright be in that top six and win a playoff spot? I don't. Oh, absolutely. No, neither do I. Um, they're, there's just, they're a couple years away from being there. And I think that's obviously saying something with the fact that Bradley Bill's their number one score. Obviously this team is slowly rebuilding. I think it's just, there's something about them when you watch them. I mean, obviously Denny's been playing very well as well. Uh, just there's too many like fun. You look at the roster and you're like, okay, that guy's fun and doing well. That guy's fun. They're all like having not career years, but they're all having good seasons to start out. Even guys like Daniel Gafford who have been hurt. So just, I think they're overperforming their expectation a little bit, but if this segment's completely entirely surprised teams, the Wizards surprised me and they were worth at least mentioning when I literally think last week I said, uh, and I quote, we might not talk about the Wizards for three and a half months. <laughs> well, I just had to reverse myself. Absolutely. <laughs> had to go ahead and give them the love and respect that they, uh, that they deserve at least through two weeks. So shout out to the Kyle Kuzma led. I'm just kidding. Washington Wizards. Who is your third surprise team before we uh, get into everyone's favorite segment? Um, I'm going to have to go with the Philadelphia 76ers. Sorry that we're not giving any love to the Western Conference, but no Ben Simmons and a team that, for the most part, didn't really do much to improve. And like you said, even with Embiid being down, the Sixers are 5-2 and two and look that good, honestly. Uh, Tobias Harris has been great. Seth Curry can't be ignored, averaging 16 points per game, which has got to be um, one of the more high points in his career thus far. Uh, you're getting just a lot of solid team scoring from Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, Firkin Korkmaz, and uh, Georges Nyang. The 76ers are playing incredible team basketball at the moment. They're playing good defense. Uh, Drummond is a rebounding monster like we all thought he was. Not a surprise. Um, and the 76ers look like they're going to be okay, which is – I feel like that has to be a shock, right? Um, yeah, only because of the fact you mentioned like Harris, who uh, may not play unfortunately tonight and didn't play Monday because of health and safety protocol. Otherwise, yes, has been very good. It's just the fact that we're not even 15 days, 16 days in the NBA season, Josh, and I'm already getting reports that says like Joel Embiid Monday morning had an MRI on his knee and everything came out better than expected. Like, we couldn't even make it a month. 30 calendar days is all I wanted of Joel Embiid to be fully healthy, to be like, this is Joel Embiid's year. He's going to win MVP. Sixers are going to be third or better in the Eastern Conference, and we're going to be like, man, we all look stupid. So does Ben Simmons. But 
we aren't so far. They're fine without him, whether with you know, whether or not they even I don't even know what to think anymore. But nonetheless, Joel Embiid uh, is going to get better if he is healthy. And the that, report I'm reading is this is a at least Doc Rivers claims this is a monthly MRI that they do on his knee due to past issues. Um, so it's a regularly oh. scheduled MRI. It wasn't because oh, of anything. He is dealing with some knee soreness at the moment. Um, gotcha. but it looks like they didn't find anything, and that's why he's going to be resting uh, from the game tonight. Anyway, yeah, yeah, doctors' comments make it sound like they just do these routinely because of Joel Embiid's past health issues. Oh, well, that's good, because that was definitely left out of the last article that was uh, yeah. read prior to that for me. Um, I think what's interesting, tonight, with or without Embiid, is going to be revealing because they play the Bulls, who right now yeah. aren't a great defensive team especially now missing Patrick Williams. But if you're missing Patrick Williams, who you would probably put on Tobias Harris, and you have Nikola Vucevic, who isn't a stout defender by any stretch of the term. He's a good defender, who you would put on Joel Embiid, who's not there. I mean, can Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, and hmm. Josh, who else is on the Sixers team? Like, uh, Shake Milton. There you go. See, Miles. I, I think... Again, the, the yeah. theme of this segment, they're out, they're overperforming a little bit of expectation here. I well, just I think they've got two stars in Embiid and Harris. And after that, you don't need another giant star. You just need these good players around them, these really good players. And I think they have a lot of really good players around those guys. Outside obviously, no one's options. saying they're going to do well if Embiid and Harris are never there. Right. Like, obviously, it's not going to go well. Surprising in the sense that, yeah, they, they're without Ben Simmons and they're playing fine. I just I'm I got burnt by them last year too hard and I just see it to believe it. I'm seeing and I'm not I'm seeing enough where I'm like, okay, fine, but other than Seth and Tyrese Maxey, when Embiid and Harris aren't there, what are they giving me that I'm excited about in the Eastern Conference? They're gonna get demolished whoever they play. I mean, if Embiid's there and Embiid's, you know, your star, I get it, but it's there's not nobody scares me on this team. Because of multiple reasons, because of health, because of the fact that one of their star players isn't there, because of the fact that Tobias Harris might give me 17, he might give me 40. It it just it's just too much inconsistency across the board. And I'm okay with them being good in the first 14 days, and they might be, you know, five to twelve games under five hundred uh, within the next month and a half. So yeah, I mean that's all I got on the Sixers. A lot of Eastern Conference talk here today. We'll make it up with Honestly, the only Eastern Conference talk. We didn't talk about the Western Conference at all, other than to talk about how bad Damian Lillard was. Look, that's fine. It's going to happen. It's early in the NBA season. There's not enough to react to yet. I will say this, though. The Western Conference so far has been relatively chalk. Obviously, the Th- Timberwolves have been kind of fun. We can give them 30 seconds. The Warriors being second Better than five and one yeah. are fun. It's just that West is way farther away from shaking out than the East. The East, we know who the best teams are. It's a matter of how they shake out. If you're talking <laughs> heat, if you're talking of... heat, if you're talking heat, Hawks, excuse me, heat, Hawks, Nets, Bucks. Like if you're talking about those, we know who's good. It's just a matter of where, where, and how. The West, we, it's a little early to know like anything about enough of those teams there. Especially with the Warriors, that's, that's I think that's an eye-opening one that we'll address here in the next couple of weeks. They're five and one without Clay. They're five and one. Just and look like it's a teams. good five and one. Like they look mm-hmm. good. They're beating everybody. Trivia. This is the first no. time. 
First time ever in this segment that I struggled to find a question because there's Remember, that just little to, fun. <laughs> just to remind all the fans of the new rules, we're going to be a bit more standardized in trivia this year. Uh, one of the rules, which I hope Trevor remembered, is that you have to offer the same number of points that your opponent offered you the week before. So Trevor has to give me a chance to get three uh, this week. We're going to try to not forget what the scoreboard was like I did throughout most of last year. Uh, please don't go listen to the podcast and try to <laughs> track the scoring because it would probably be wrong. Um, but yeah, we're going to try to make it more standardized um, so that when I finally get that trophy that Trevor claims is coming, that it'll be uh, really worth something. Um, and so last week, uh, we talked about college players in the NBA 75. So uh, colleges that had the most players in the NBA 75. Trevor did not quite get any points, but it was a fun segment. Go back and listen to it. And now I'm up to bat for my first chance. I'm glad you brought it up last week because <laughs> I'm going to try my best. And I have pretty much. Uh, str- I, like I said, I struggled this week trying to figure mm-hmm. out the right question because there's just – there's been NBA news, but it hasn't been like, it's just been fun to watch games. It hasn't been like enough where it's like you and I, we're not struggling for content. We're also like, okay, it's a little bit of reaction here. It's a little bit of reaction there. I'm going to always try my best to tie it to the episode or tie it to something that happens. Right. Yeah. Um, I almost didn't do that because I thought the question was a little easy. So I was like, ah, oh, three points. Uh, you got to get a certain amount. Chris Paul passed uh, uh, Jason Kidd all time on assists. And, I believe it was Jason Kidd. He, he's third now, all-time in assists uh, as of the other night. And I was almost like, okay, Josh, name – if you can name me eight of the 12, you know, top assist guys in all-time, you get three points. That wouldn't have been anything to do with the episode. So, in fairness of the difficulty of your question, oh, we are going to talk about bench scoring because it's been a fun – it's been a fun year so far for through 14 days of bench scoring in the NBA, led by none other than, I've already mentioned it, Tyler Hero, who's really far ahead of the next guy. However, there are some fun, fun names in this top. We're going to say handful here because I'm going to really quickly add up the scoring and make sure I give you an ample amount of opportunity to get the uh, – correct points here this is total points off the bench this is not points per game to be completely clear this has been the guys who've come in in droves and scored the ball okay Tyler Hero was you know clearly the guy right um, there are also some fun ones on here and I'm going to make sure really quickly that I have the right amount of uh, points allotted just to make sure I added it up correctly all right there are 20 I'm going to do the top 20 because I think the top 15 is a little too hard. I'm going to give you 20 guesses. This is 20. I'm going to give you 20 guesses. And if you get, if you get 11, so if you get 10, more than 10, you get all three points. If you get, let's say five, you get two points. And if you get, three or more you get one point how's that sound um, trying to break it down efficiently right it was a little more difficult than realizing that ucla ucla and north carolina had the best players in the nba but we'll go for it you've watched a lot of nba this year i know you have so yeah. and a lot of these guys have been talked about not today necessarily but across the nba so um with the number one being given uh, with tyler hero having 157 points so far 
And there's, I'll give you opportunities for hints. I'll be fair. Whenever you're ready, my friend. Well, it's taking me a bit because I'm trying to think through who even comes off the bench. Um, so is this the top 20 not counting? So is this the top 21? Because I'm guessing I'm not allowed to say here. Sorry. Top 19 is what I was getting at. Top Sorry. 19. He's the, he's the 20th. He's the number one out of the 20. So. <laughs> Tyler uh, Hero is my first guess. <laughs> right. Love it. Yeah. It's going to be tough. I get it. There, it. Just If you think about some of the teams that have had good rosters this year and they've gotten pretty efficient bench scoring. <laughs> the issue is can you even get to that point? I guess. I don't know. I will start by saying this. Um, At I least think Patty top... Mills has to be in the top 20. Okay. This is why I'm glad we did the 20 because he is. Mm-hmm. So um, I was going to do top 15 and I realized how tough that was. Uh, Patty Mills, for perspective, is he is 17th. Hmm. Um, this is a very Western Conference dominated, at least top 10. I would say it's pretty. There's a lot of Western teams in the top 10, and then there's a lot of Eastern teams in the back 10. I'll just say that because that's pretty fair. I don't even know how he's done this year, but I'm just going to throw Lou Williams out there and see if it sticks. (laughs) Throwing stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. Uh, Unfortunately, Lou Williams is not correct. Um, Funny you brought up Lou Williams. Uh, (laughs) This is Lou Williams' final season in the NBA. Um, that was announced uh, early in the weekend. Lou Williams did announce a retirement at the end of the year. Very sad, but what a fun 17-year career for a very fitting uh, guest, by the way. I really do like that guest, but uh, unfortunately not. How many guesses do I get again? You get 20. So we so far are one for one. (laughs) One for two. One for two. Sorry, one Uh, for two. how How many do I have to get to get one point? A three. Three. Okay. I'm giving, you a lot of, I'm giving you a lot of guesses. You are. That's, that's true. That's, that, that um, was the kind of the caveat to this. And I'll give you hints uh, here and there. But. Because I know he's had a great year so far. I don't know if his year is stretched to scoring. I'm going to throw Al Horford. Unfortunately, Al Horford is not correct. Bench scoring. I don't even know who comes off the bench. <laughs> there are a lot of these things. The problem is I can't give you a team because yeah, you know, I can literally give it away. I can give you – we've talked about a handful of these guys and a handful of these teams today. So, I mean, there are ones on there that are noteworthy. Ooh. I have a good hint for you. Um, there is a Charlotte Hornet in the top 20. Okay. So, this is – Bench scoring. So why this is difficult is because my first instinct was to, and I'm making it clear that I'm not guessing this player, was to go Kelly Oubre because he was supposed to come off the bench for Charlotte. But because of Terry Rozier's injury, he's been starting and has been scoring all these points. So Oubre isn't it. Is it Cody Martin? Wow. It is Cody Martin. What a great guess. Cody Martin uh, is, I believe, just outside of the top 10. Uh, Cody Martin is is 12th. 
because he's the one bench player that's been playing out of his mind for Charlotte. Um, Jalen McDaniels hasn't. Well, he's been playing fine for Jalen McDaniels. Um, PJ Washington hasn't been good. And so that kind of really eats up everybody that was on the bench. Ubre spent most of his time in the lineup, and it wasn't going to be Nick Richards. So it's a process of elimination gets it down to Cody Martin, who shot the ball really well uh, so far. A lot of former All-Stars on this list. Mm-hmm. Oh, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony's number two. Yeah. Forgot he, uh, I just thought it through. He's not in the Lakers lineup, and I know he's been killing it. Yes, he has. Shout out to – my third favorite player of all time, Mr. Carl Anthony. It's been awesome to see him on the Lakers. Very emotional over here in the, this half of the two-pointers podcast. It's been a very, very, very weird season so far. Um, so far, you have the second, 12th, and 17th player on this list. I uh, love it. A lot of former All-Stars. I am really surprised by how many former All-Stars on this list. I'm happy I've at least got a point now. Um, mm-hmm. That's correct. How do somebody in Utah? Maybe. <laughs> no, I know there has to be a Utah player in there. But which one? Clarkson. <laughs> it is. It is Clarkson. Was that a guess? It was a was yeah. That a guess? No, I said it. Yeah. Right. Clarkson is number five. Just went for, with last year's most improved players. Not too much of a. I went with total points too because I think total points is a really fun way to look at this because points per game. This is way less. This is way weirder for list. This is a well, really yeah. good list because it's because it total yeah. When you're looking at something like bench points, points per game just makes it weird. Um, I'm not looking anything up. I'm just looking teams so I can think about because oh, yeah, sometimes I blank about. Well, I'm just like looking at team names. Because I blank about like yeah no uh, yeah, totally hard times. Um, just Google a list of NBA teams totally fine yeah 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 I think that'll help a lot of our trivia questions sometimes I didn't do it for the last I didn't do it for the uh, what's it called for the NBA seventy five but I just feel like I didn't need to because it was seventy five of the best players of all time I just figured you know I could figure Reggie Miller out but anyway um, maybe not. I don't think there'd be anybody from Dallas because they're not scoring well. I think um, starts Norman Powell. So be relatively, a... relatively hint or relative hint here. Yes, there are no Dallas members. So. Oh wait, Chris Duarte. Did he start from the jump? I'm going to say Duarte. That's a guess. Has uh, that is not correct. He has been starting a lot. Um, he had to start in. I want to say it was someone's absence. It was uh, Brogdon. Brogdon went down for a little bit. Mm. And he had to start. So, I was hoping he hadn't started from the jump. He um, did. He started night one. Yeah, he got the start. That was like a big Pacers headline from Pacers Twitter. So Pacers four of six seven. so far. Yeah, not bad. Honestly. Yeah. A four of seven, to be clear. You have four and you've guessed three wrong. Oh, yeah, I guessed Horford. That's right. Yeah, I got that one wrong. Um, four of seven. You're one away from getting two points, though, which is really impressive. And you still have 13 more guesses, so good luck. Derek Rose. I was literally about to give you a hint that you're missing a former MVP, which I guess would have been way too big of a hint. That is correct. Derek Rose. I knew I was missing someone that because I was trying to figure out who started for the Knicks, and I couldn't figure out who I was missing that was coming off the bench. 
So Derek, funny enough, Derek has not come into his own yet in terms of the bench. He'll probably finish in the top five in total points off the bench um, this year, even though the next team is a little deeper. But yes, Derek Rose uh, is. Oh, LaMarcus Aldridge. That is correct as well. Not a starter for the Brooklyn Nets, but he's their third highest scorer, which he talked about today. That is correct. LaMarcus Soldiers is just behind your buddy Cody Martin, uh, who was 12th. All right. Where am I at? Have you kept track? Mm-hmm. Um, let's just see here. Uh, we got Patty Mills, 17th. Uh, we got Martin at 12th, Anthony at 2nd, Clarkson 5th, Derek Rose 10th, Aldridge 12th. That would be six. Uh, six for eight. nine guesses. Six for nine. Six for nine, yes. I'm going to throw a rookie in here because I'm feeling okay. risky. Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is not correct, and I know why that's the case. Um, he is uh, one of the three seven-footers they're playing at all at one time. They have just been like, yeah, so much for small ball. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they, they've played <laughs> three seven-footers at any point. It's been great. It's been fun to watch, actually, if you haven't watched any Cavs games. Unfortunately, that is not correct. That's okay. Good guess, though. It's a good guess. You're better at coming up with actual guesses in these segments than I am. That is one fun thing to know. Heck, we'll throw it out there. Kyle Kuzma, because I haven't done it yet. Kyle Kuzma has been the starting power forward for Starter, the okay. Washington Wizards. Then Montrez Harrell. <laughs> Montrez Harrell has been the starting center. Seriously, all right. However, however, he is ninth on this list because <laughs> because Gafford got a couple of starts and Harrell has been averaging eighteen. So Gafford kind of messed that rotation yeah. up there for Harrell. So yes, that is correct on the. Harrell. Harrell was uh, just ahead of Derrick Rose at ninth. And what was the guess before that? That was wrong. Kuzma was wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seven for 11. How many do I need to get right to get three points? Uh, Ten. All right. I didn't think I'd be in that. I would have that opportunity. but uh... I said 11 technically, but I gave you 20 guesses. So if you get half of your guesses right, then I will say that you get three. Because that's (laughs) impressive. That's really impressive, honestly. I mean, some of these guys have been in the headlines. Some of these guys haven't. I mean, it's been. I mean, you got the Cody Martin one out of your butt. So, I mean, you just completely. No, that's because I, I watch. I know. A ton of but Hornets games. It's Cody Martin. Like, that's the one I was like, yes, he's a Hornets. Yeah. But man, if you like watch been, a lot of Hornets games, been, so. yeah. The Livermush Boys. That's what they call the bench unit for whatever reason. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> Getting weird down here in Charlotte. All right. Livermush Boys. Yeah. In Charlotte. I will say this there are a couple guys that are pretty well known in the last couple years of their career as six man. And I'm really surprised that they haven't come on first. Really? Yeah. There's a couple that I was like, yeah, I would have thought of these guys. Who was a six? I don't even remember who won six man of the year last year. Jordan Clarkson Clarkson did last year. But he was most, no, Randall was most improved. Clarkson was six man of the year. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. I'm not going on that track you had. I just feel like one of the Sixers has to be there for them to be doing this well. And I'm just going to throw Firkin Korkmaz. Unfortunately, that is not correct. Darn. That's okay. Uh, Landrew Shannon. 
Landry Shannon <laughs> is not correct. Darn. All right. All right. We'll Suns have the Suns fun fact have no players in this list, which is very weird. So seven for thirteen. Pretty, that's why they're struggling. Uh, <laughs> that explain why the Suns are struggling. Um, you are seven out of fourteen, so fourteen guesses. Oh man, I can't remember if this guy is starting for Golden State now. I think he is. Yeah, I think he starts for Golden State. I'm gonna do that. Um, now it gets hard. I'm gonna try my best to give you a couple of hints. No, does he start? I don't. Some of these teams that are hurt, like I'm thinking of players who would be coming off the bench, but I think because they're hurt, they're starting. Uh, Talk out loud here. The Warriors one, you might be onto something. Talk out loud here. I wanted to say Jordan Poole, but I think he's the starting shooting guard since Clay's been gone. And with the Clippers, I wanted to say Reggie Jackson, but I think he's the starting point guard. I'll use those if I can't think of anything else. I'll just put those in my pocket and I'll guess them now. There's an interesting theme of teams that are struggling this year. Yeah. I will say that. There's one guy in the top five that I am shocked you haven't gotten. He's a former sixth man of the year? No, no, no. Just, but he's. I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. He could either be the starting player on his team very easily on this uh, team, but he could also be like he is right now. And he's third in bench scoring. Hmm. Pretty guard heavy rotation for his team as well. Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is not correct. Unfortunately. Oh, that's what you're going for with that one. No, nah, Suggs has been uh, it's a good guess. Suggs has been struggling though, pretty mightily. Magic are a very guard heavy team. Well the other guard heavy team I think want to go to is Sacramento, but they start Fox and Halliburton. I haven't heard anything about Davion Mitchell, so I don't think that works. Wait, if they start Fox and Halliburton, Buddy Healed? Take it out loud works again. Number three is Buddy Healed. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Halliburton would be the sixth man coming into the season. I picked him, or I had him as a dark horse, and Buddy Healed here is uh, doing Buddy Healed things, going back to averaging almost 18 a game as a sixth man. That's impressive for Healed. So that is correct. Healed is third, like I said. Is it eight for 13 or eight for 14? It is one, two, sixteen. Eight for sixteen. Eight for sixteen. Man, I've 50, missed a lot. 50, 50 split. Four more. All right. Hmm. Hey, you're shooting fifty percent. If that's that's pretty impressive, unless it's from the free throw line. I'm doing better than I thought I would do here. <laughs> that check just like completely went out of the window there. I love that. <laughs> I will say you have said multiple teams that are on this list within this segment you have said multiple teams you have you've said the team but like you just, you, just, you just left it at the team i was like keep going yeah. keep going <laughs> like you're getting there you got a couple of the team you, you've been saying a bunch of teams don't get me wrong but the, you have said yeah. multiple of these teams well so good been going down a list of teams i was on hot said multiple um Maybe so, I need to go back the to fact, Dallas. Out of 30 on this list. No, I told you earlier there is no Dallas Mavericks on this list. Oh, you did? Yeah, they are. You told me there were no Suns. Yeah, name, um, a, name a bench player. I did say there was no Mavericks. Uh, name a bench player on the Mavericks. That's a fun to read question. 
Boban's still there. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> yes, yeah, there, Boban's, yeah, Boban's playing like 11 and a half minutes a game. I wouldn't qualify him as pitch player. <laughs> Uh, quality bitch player. Sorry, Bobon. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Throw it back to the struggling Boston Celtics. No, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to touch you. Like I don't want to touch that team. Twenty foot ball. I was gonna go there, and then I'm like, nah, I'm just not gonna do that. Um. Hmm. Memphis? I don't know if I know any guys on the bench in Memphis. That's tough. They're really good this year. Yeah, I know. That's why I feel like there's got to be... No, there's no scoring to go around. John Morant scored out every bucket. You didn't see? He averaged 111 points a game. You didn't see that? No, he might as well be, by the way. They're talking about him on NBA TV. I want to say the Spurs are there. Somebody from the Spurs is there, but I don't think I could name any Spurs. Oh, come on, the Spurs that had seven guys drafted in our fantasy league? Come on. Come on. The Spurs, man. Which spur is it? Hold on, Josh. Which, which spur? Is that your guess? Yes, I guess. That, that's incorrect. Is there a spur? Is it one of the spurs? Doug McDermott. There, there are. There is a spur. Thank your other guess. Yes, Doug McDermott. Okay, McDermott is not correct. Dang it. And then who is your other one? I don't know. Who is your other one? Keldon Johnson. Johnson. Uh, that unfortunately is not correct. He has been the starting. I don't even know what position he plays at this point, but I believe that's uh, you have two guesses. That's you have to get these two right to get three points, but impressive so far. Congrats on two points because you you fought this one out. It was like the coaches, of the, it was like the coach of the year one for me last year. You remember that one? Yeah. Coaches or the coach one that you did? I don't remember what the uh, or coaches playoff wins or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah. And every one of them except freaking Lenny Wilkins, who I'll never forget now to this day. <laughs> when I saw him on the seventy-five <laughs> list, I like I like actually laughed out loud. I was like, "That's awesome!" It brought me back to that segment. All right, two for two. <clears throat> Got to go two for two here. You want to give me one more hint, <laughs> or are you just gonna make me go? Um. Let me think of a good hint. Okay. I was going to say, oh, you're missing one more former all-star. You have named every other former all-star except for this guy. I will say this. He is 20th. (laughs) That that is like my help on top of my hurt there. So we have talked about his team already. And uh, he would definitely be the odd man out out of uh, the rotation that we've discussed. He would definitely be the odd man out. I'll say Eastern Conference just because you're, you're close enough. And I don't want to give you any more hints after this one, so you don't have to think after this one. <laughs> be the odd man out in his rotation. Fun fact, two Pistons uh, barely missed the uh, top 20 here. Kelly Olenek and Trey Lyles both were 21st and 22nd, respectively. thought that was fun. I'm just talking out loud here. There is a Maverick outside of the top 20, Jalen Brunson. Shout out to Jalen Brunson, who will end up on 12th on the all-time Maverick scoring list uh, after tonight. (laughs) I'm throwing a shot in the dark out there because if this guy comes off the bench, then he's definitely in there. Or if he came off the bench at all. Okay. DeMar DeRozan. Unfortunately, no. you will not be scoring. Uh, 
you will not be scoring your three points today. Okay. That was a good guess. DeMar has been unbelievable, and he has been the starting small forward, unfortunately. That's Him and Zach have both been playing that two and three. So who um, who all-star did I not get? Uh, are you, this is, you, want, you want to even throw out a final guess? No, because I can't score anymore. All right. Uh, I'll go from top to bottom here. You, I'll wait on him, and I'll tell you why in a second. So Tyler here, we already mentioned, of course, is number one. Carmelo Anthony, you got it too. After that, I'll just name him. Buddy Heald was number three. Mm-hmm. You missed Cam Reddish, who has been hmm. awesome this year. And I'm not shocked you missed him because the Hawks, he's not. Yeah, I missed the he's Cam Reddish buzz. This year. Yeah, Cam Reddish has been good. Uh, Jordan Clarkson at five, you got that. Anthony Simons, hmm. continuing everything he did last year. He's been. That's who I was out. missing in Portland. Yeah. yeah, odd man out because Powell plays. Yeah. Trent Junior's yeah. not there. Yeah, it's okay. I was trying uh, to think of the Portland guy. <laughs> one of the – I'm going to name a couple of the guys I told you I'm surprised you didn't get in terms of what they were remembered as. Eric Gordon, the last, like, seven years of his NBA career has been a six-man. Eric Gordon uh, was next. Uh, Terrence well, Ross. He was a starter for the Rockets for the past several years. He started transitioning into one yeah. last couple of years. So, nonetheless, Eric Gordon uh, and this uh, – somehow on this Rockets team. I forgot Eric Gordon was on the Rockets. Uh, Terrence Ross. Mm. When you have seven point guards, Terrence Ross, who's a shooting guard, I guess has to come off the bench. <laughs> I don't really know how that worked out, but it did. You got Harold, you got Derrick Rose. You did not get Luke Kennard. Mm. Luke Kennard was the Clipper that you said Reggie Jackson. I didn't Reggie know who Jackson. started with the Clippers anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just been PG and everyone else. <laughs> I don't know who starts with the Clippers. Uh, good They're job not doing well with Good job on the Cody Martin and the Marcus Aldridge one. Uh, Jordan Yang. Georges Niang, the Philadelphia yeah, 76ers. I was messing with the Sixers. And I guess really Moss instead of Niang. Yep. Uh, Jordan Noir, we talked about. I even brought him up for that reason. Mm. I wanted to kind of make sure his name was fresh as we came out of that segment. And then, uh, darn, Jordan Noir. Um, the Spur thing. You did guess a Spur. There is a Spur, and it's Devin Vassell, who's been awesome. However, it was seven, seven, that would have never came to mind. For yeah, me. Seven or eight Spurs that are young. He's one of the fun guys on that <laughs> list. Uh, Patty Mills, former yep. Spur, you got there. Uh, you did name a Warrior as well. Unfortunately, it's Damian Lee, mm. who again has been good as well. It'll uh, be Jordan Poole by the end of the year when Clay comes back. <laughs> probably. Um, Jeremy Lamb was the odd guard out. Indiana, yeah, former Hornet. Yeah, I loved him as a Hornet. I don't know why I didn't go for Jeremy Lamb. And at former, at 20th, sorry, not at former, at 20th, your former all-star, your former rebounding leader, your former guy that averaged 20 and 15 at one point in his NBA career, your former NBA champion, Kevin Love. Huh. Kevin Love is the odd man out in that rotation. You got to think, Markinen. I forgot Kevin Love still is playing basketball. That's tough. Shout out to Kevin Love. Uh, when, when you have marketed uh, Allen yeah. and Mobley, he's I, out. When I when you out. first said Kevin Love there for a second, I was like, now who does Kevin Love play for? Oh, my gosh. I'm leaving that in. That's awesome. Uh, also, shout out to the guys just missing the top 20 here at 25. Uh, you had, like I said earlier, Kelly Olenek, Trey Lyles, Ricky Rubio, Jalen Brunson, and Davion Mitchell. Who has? Yeah, I thought about Davion Mitchell, but I knew he would be close enough. 
I did top 25, that would have been more fun. But then again, it would have made a difference probably. But some great guesses. Hey, I got two, two points. Woo! Impressive. Congrats. Let's uh, close it out. This has been the Two Pointers Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Trevor, who's down to zero. <laughs> and we will see you next week when we go through a full preview of the college basketball season. Next week, it's all college basketball all the time. We'll see uh, how it works out and see where Trevor and my uh, knowledge is there because previewing a league with 350 teams is very different than one with 30. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, see you next week. Bye. Peace.